I'm Dr. Dave Nichol, and this is the Veterinary Business Success Show. On today's episode, we're talking about something that is super close to my heart. That is leadership. Or, actually, it's the reverse of that. It's anti-leadership. What is anti-leadership? And why should you care? Keep listening to find out more. As a company, we talk, focus on obsess about leadership um, non-stop um, but actually the greatest lessons for me came in the form of anti-leadership leadership is one of those things it's very very hard to know exactly what the definition of it is i actually struggled for years just like what is this leadership thing what does it mean to be a good leader and i made up my own mind uh, based on the typical influences that i i took to be good leadership those were uh, previous bosses, employers, uh, those were characters in movies, Hollywood movies, all the great places to get great leadership inspiration, or not, as it seems to be. Because in those places, actually what I found were anti-leaders. Not all the time, not by a long shot, but frequently. Uh, and even if it was just moments of behaviours, uh, actions, that I would describe as anti-leadership. And it was only after about 10, maybe 15 years of, of being in the workplace that it suddenly struck me one time that it was a lot easier to define leadership in the negative, uh, in the same way that a photograph has a negative, leadership has a negative. So anti-leadership, in a sense, is almost the direct opposite of what good leadership should be. And you'll find it just by looking around you. It's rife. Uh, and you'll find it in businesses and in relationships that are not functional. So look for sources of pain and look at what the people are doing and then think about what would the opposite of that be. That's anti-leadership. And there's a lot of anti-leaders out there. So there's a lot of learning to do. Bad leaders tend to be very, very judgmental. They, they shoot first, they ask questions later. So judgment means that you've made your mind up about something. Uh, it means you're past any stage of investigation or curiosity. You've jumped straight to this is the answer with absolute certainty. Um, and of course, most of the time, situations have multi layers of uh, ambiguity about them. Um, and so it pays as a leader to try and check that out and to learn more about that, to get curious. But anti-leaders don't do that. Anti-leaders go straight in for the kill. They've, they've seen the problem, they know the solution, and they're going to damn well tell everybody what to do about that. Anti-leaders tend not to have good emotional control. They get angry, they get upset, and they let that emotion just steamroll out of control and just blow up the workplace. They tend to damage relationships. Uh, and, and of course, that erodes all trust between a team. And when that happens, then... You know, you've, you, you cannot build an effective team on a foundation of anything other than trust. And if, if you yell at people, if you get upset, then they're going to fear you. Probably that's the driving characteristic of extremely dominant leaders. They, they wield a power based on fear. And it's a really weak power. Um, it will not get the best out of people. It will get the bare minimum out of people. When fear is high in a workplace, then creativity is very low. Determination to want to step up and nail a problem is very low. Commitment to the big picture is very low. 
Um, when people are working out of fear, then they're not doing their best work. And they couldn't because they're constantly looking over their shoulder. They're constantly asking themselves, what am I really being judged on here? They're not going to take the risks that are required to do amazing work, to have breakthroughs. They're going to do the safe stuff that they know they're getting measured on because that's the safe ground. That's how they know they're not going to get yelled at or you know incur the wrath of whatever that version of wrath actually looks like. There is another side of anti-leadership and that's kind of almost the opposite of that and that's the inability to take charge. It's the inability to take control. It's the inability to handle the big issues and to make decisions. And this is a different kind of leadership. That's just a, a failure to take ownership of things. Almost a dereliction of duties where you, you, you just hand off the power to the team. And again, that can be really damaging because there's no leadership in that situation. There's a vacuum of leadership. And that allows other voices, different conflicting agendas to come into play. And suddenly you've got a team where personal agendas are starting to drive the organization forward. And of course, there's no forward momentum whatsoever when everybody's pointing and pulling a different way. The, the net, the sum of all of those different forces is going to mean stagnation, lots of energy, lots of things happening, but absolutely going nowhere or certainly not going as well as you like. So anti-leadership will either crush a team into submission or it will cause some form of stagnation um, and frustration in a team. Uh, and, and that will show up in the performance of the organization. A lot of people think leaders are born. Um, a lot of other people think leaders are made. And certainly it's true that some people are more drawn to leadership. Now the question really is, uh, are people naturally good, gifted leaders? And when you think about traditional or more old-fashioned forms of leadership, the command and control form of leadership that used to exist in the Victorian factory production systems that, that were dominated the industrial landscape of yesteryear, then leaders would be people with loud voices, with power. They could just tell other people what to do. But when you think about in today's hyper-connected, hyper-sensitive, uh, multi-layered, multi-skilled workplaces, and interconnected markets, that definition doesn't work. And then when you think about generational divides from boomers to Gen X to millennial to Gen Z and, and beyond, that seems to work a lot less. In this age where people are more conscious, uh, more perhaps emotionally aware, uh, and not necessarily more emotionally intelligent, but certainly very sensitive, the old style of command and control leadership where you tell people what to do, is incredibly damaging. It's damaging to people's esteem. It's damaging to their ability to grow and to develop. And it's kind of damaging to relationships. And that's one of the most common forms of anti-leadership that I have seen out there. And it is the predominant one in not just veterinary medicine, but medicine, uh, all of the medical sciences, where you've got this very hierarchical house of cards effect, where you've got senior people at the top just telling people what to do. Big egos just telling people what to do and building systems around that ego. Um, that's sort of a very old-fashioned way of doing things. And it's a way that just it clearly doesn't translate well in today's world. And if we need to look for any evidence of that fact, just look around at the relative happiness of the people in veterinary medicine. Like, we know 
that people are almost almost half of people, like forty seven percent of people, are thinking about quitting the profession over here in the United Kingdom. In the United States, the AVMA are showing us that the, the population of people in general practice is shrinking by five percent a year. The signs are there. Uh, and, and it is not just because medicine is hard, it's because the situation, the circumstances in which we're trying to do medicine, that's the bit that's hard. And that comes down to leadership. So yes, leaders can be made, but what we've had traditionally are people who believe themselves to be good leaders, who have traditionally also been the people like me with the big voices. And I say that with humility, um, humbleness because I've been the bad leader I've been the do it this way not that way style of leader and I've seen the cost to my teams and I've also seen the cost of my own health and it, it just isn't a sustainable way of leading in today's modern veterinary workspace today's show is brought to you by Vetex International now are people the major pain point in your practice if so you're not alone over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions. A poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair. Help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision, how to hire well, and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online, and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar, or apply, visit vetexinternational.com forward slash leaders. Okay, welcome back to the show. I hope you enjoyed part one. Let's get into some more meaty content to help you grow your practice in part two. So there's a sense check that's required here. And that check is to check in with yourself to see whether or not you are guilty of propagating anti-leadership. Uh, and I think the sense check is, is best uh, measured in terms of team satisfaction. How well do the team respond? How well do the team work together? How much do they enjoy spending time together? And the simplest way of measuring that is looking at the turnover of a team over a period of time. Uh, so look at staff turnover. If staff turnover is high, there's a good chance there's a problem uh, within the leadership structure. The next thing I think is turn that microscope in on yourself. How are you feeling? Like anti-leadership is hard because it feels like you're pushing a boulder, a very big boulder, up a very steep hill. It's possible to make progress, but it's almost always making progress against this sense of resistance. Uh, if you're an anti-leader, then that takes its toll. Um, you will be stressed, um, you will be anxious, uh, you may not be sleeping too well, um, and you might just be thinking, why is this so hard? So that's the second place to look. And then I think that the third place to look are actually in your sustainable business results. Great leadership uh, generally can create great culture. Great culture means teams are working well together and effectively together, and that translates into measurable business success. So look at staff turnover. Take an honest inventory of how happy, contented, and satisfied you are in your work, and measure that against one of the most objective things and that is simply your revenue profit 
and actually I would say your growth in your profit. If you are concerned that you're an anti-leader, if you're asking yourself that question then, the good news is you've actually arrived at the doorway through which you can pass in order to improve your leadership skills dramatically. The first step in any self-development is always self-awareness. So it, I think the most important thing that you can do is to reflect on whether or not you have been the best leader, the leader your team deserves, is to look at the numbers that you're generating and to say, is this really standing up to best practice? Is my team settled and, and is it genuinely happy? And how am I measuring that? Am I using objective data that's hard to argue with, that's really a lot closer to the facts, the reality? Or am I kidding myself? and tell myself a story here, something I've made up just to make myself feel a bit comfortable where I am. If you can honestly answer those questions, whether it's a good answer, and a good answer is a real answer in this situation, whether it's a right answer, and an accurate answer, and an accurate reflection of who you are, whether that means you are a good leader or bad is a whole lot less important than what you do next. If you're a good leader, then good for you. You'll have the numbers to back that up and you'll be doing a great job. Uh, make sure you are teaching other people how to be a great leader as well. And if you are not yet a good leader, then all hope is not lost. Far from it. Leadership is a skill set. Leadership is not some ethereal thing that's hard to define. For me, I find a way to define it by punching out the holes around it of what bad leadership was and what was left was almost the opposite. That sort of I, I, I'd learned the negative and it was only by focusing in on that and seeing it in others that I could suddenly bring the positive into focus. Uh, and so in doing that, I was able to build a much more solid set of leadership skills and focus on things that really mattered. So if you're in a similar place and you don't think you're the leader that your team needs you to be just yet, then great, well done, you just leveled up in just actually working that out. The next question to ask yourself is, Okay, so how am I going to get from where I am now to where I'd like to be in the future? That's leadership skills. That's leadership training. That's practice. That's a lot of mess ups. That's a lot of having to eat humble pie. And that may be a lot of being vulnerable and, and calling yourself out. Um, it means a lot of learning. But the journey's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Because the difference between a life in practice as a team leader or as a practice owner, where you have a team that you're fighting, that you're pushing that boulder up the hill, and, the, and a practice where the team are united around a common vision and there is respect and trust as the foundation of that team, the difference couldn't be more dramatic than night and day. One of those is a nightmare that will put you in an early grave. The other one is an inspiring mission that you will wake up with the same joy that a three-year-old has to walk with a skip in their step every third step just because they saw a puppy at the other end of the street. That's the difference. The energy level is incredible. So the question really is, what sort of leader are you now? So that wraps up today's episode of the Veterinary Business Success Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would be most appreciated if you would leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends in veterinary medicine all about us. Until next time, from all of us here at VetX International, be safe, be well, and be happy. Be happy.